Good morning, everybody. I wanted to just quickly remind you, if you love B2B SaaS and you're loving all these CEOs I have on, remember, you can get all of their data in a big, beautiful spreadsheet at gitlatka.com. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. So I hope you're enjoying the month. I love December. I love the holidays. And here is our program for today. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Victor Ritchie. He's always loved the internet and creating things. He had experimented in different areas of technology and business to find what he was passionate about. During this process, he started a half dozen web companies before founding one he really loved in TrendPie.com. Victor, are you ready to take us to the top? I hope so. All right, man. Tell us what TrendPie does and what's your business model? How do you make money? So TrendPie uh, is an influencer marketing firm started in 2015. Uh, we do influencer marketing with a twist. Uh, so instead of the traditional model of paying an influencer to post, we pay them for shares. So we found that paying an influencer to share content rather than posting it themselves is dramatically cheaper. So that's essentially how we make money. We manage influencer marketing campaigns for our clients, which are primarily apps and other brands. And we basically link them up with influencers, help manage the content creation, and push campaigns live. And one of our biggest selling points has been we've been able to get apps trending on the app store. If I want to get a big influencer to share my you know new app update, what's it run me on average? It varies. So we go for a lot of the kind of second tier, so to speak, influencers. So we're not going to hit the Kim Kardashians or those A-list celebrities, but kind of the, the whole group below them. And we can get posts and share, shares anywhere from $10 up to you know $10,000. And name someone that would charge $10,000 for a share. Yeah, generally like an internet celebrity, you know, someone who is a couple million followers on Instagram or Twitter, um, which is, you know, a massive price tag. So, you know, a lot of our clients like the guys kind of even less than that, that are about $100 a share where they can get, you know, 10 of them instead of just one big post. And these are, you mentioned Twitter and Instagram just now as are those the platforms you focus on? Yeah, Twitter is actually our primary and Instagram is our secondary. Okay, so did Donald Trump in the election pay for shares on his on his uh, tweets? Not through us. Uh, when you look at those, some of the trends and you read the articles and you do your studying, do, do you believe there was that potentially happened? Yeah, I mean, there's that happens all the time. I mean, with uh, very recently, a couple of years back, actually, Alex from Target, you know, was massive Internet sensation. And one of the biggest driving factors behind that was a lot of the parody and themed pages on Twitter were just posting this kid and saying, like, oh, my God, I need to find who this is. And, you know, a hundred different accounts posted that. And then overnight, it just kind of went viral. Interesting. So you you see something like that and you go, man, if I can figure out a way to replicate that and put a price tag on it, people will be willing to pay for it. So let me go find all the parody accounts, see if I can get, you know, them to agree to a price tag. And then you go find the brand or the, or the app that wants to pay for that spend and boom, you make money there. Connect it. Exactly. Got it. Is your, so is this kind of a 
in terms of how you make money, I know how the influencers make money, but how you make money, is it a per campaign basis or is it a software as a service model or what? Yeah. So we do a lot of our campaigns are CPM. Um, and some of them are cost per action as well. So generally we charge per impression. Um, you know, we, one campaign will set the impression count for that campaign, just charge for that and then adjust it as we move forward. Yeah. Instead of locking a client in for, you know, a $50,000 contract over five months, we'll do 10, $5,000 campaigns and adjust each one as we go. Okay. And I mean, what is the CPM that you would charge? So, you know, typically, uh, we're around, uh, $25,000. Uh, dollars for a hundred thousand impressions. Okay. Got it. Got it. 25 bucks for a hundred thousand impressions. Um, and then are you like, how do you know, how can you kind of predict how much money you're going to make on a particular campaign? In other words, you have limited inventory with these influencers, right? Maybe they've said, Hey, you know, I'll do one of these with you, you know, Victor per month. So you've got to decide kind of the right client you have to put through them. How do you make those decisions? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely tricky. Um, we try and do, you know, fit the best campaign with the best influencer and the best client with the best influencer. But, um, you know, it's easier said than done. One way we kind of mitigate that is, you know, we're very transparent and we communicate very well with our influencers. So if last minute we need to switch a campaign out from one influencer to another, they're generally willing to do that because they know there'll be another campaign tomorrow that they can get in on and we'll kind of give them like an IOU for that. Mm -hmm. Do you have to match like industry? Like if I have an app that is expense management for employees on teams like how do you find the right influencers to do that or do you not care you just want the reach yeah i mean it's it's really we found that the more targeted you get the more expensive it gets naturally um so kind of going the shotgun burst method has seemed to work better for us where we just hit you know millions and millions of people relatively not targeted people but of that you know there's still the subset is still greater than what it would be if we targeted so, so what kind of, you mentioned apps and a few other things. I mean, are you working mainly with app targeting consumers or do you, do you do any B2B work? I'd say 95% is B2C. So apps that are kind of just mass audience type apps. Yep. Is there a client you can talk about? Yeah. I mean, you know, I always go to our first client was this app called Drunk Mode uh, that basically stops you from drunk dialing people and helps you find your friends when you go out drinking. That was actually our very first client. And obviously their demographic was college students, uh, millennials, and, you know, that was very in line with our demo from the start. So it was very easy for us to just push that out, uh, get them, you know, millions of users, help them scale. And that was something that they were able to kind of build a business off of. Are they, so what is their model now? Like, do they try and tie the five grand they pay through you back to like attribution somehow or no? Yeah. So right now they are actually uh, doing a lot with location data and helping, you know, make sure kids are safe when they go. And, you know, there's a lot of value behind that. And they've then built an SDK to kind of help other apps uh, solve the same problem. They monetize that? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Tell me more more about your backstory here. So you said you tried a bunch of stuff online before you found the kind of trend pie. When did you launch the company? Uh, April 10th, 2015. Okay. And tell me about some of the stuff you tried before that. Yeah. So, you know, a couple that come to mind. One was paynight.org, which was uh, marketed to be amazon.com for influencer marketing where you could go in, add shout outs to your cart, upload all the information at checkout. And then, you know, the influencer would get the information, you'd get the notifications and all of that. But basically a very automated influencer marketing campaign platform. Uh, that didn't have any sales after three months. So I shut that one down. And then I started College Thread, which was kind of like a BuzzFeed type um, Odyssey online a little bit as well, where college students would write articles, publish them there and be able to share them with their friends. Mm-hmm. How many how many impressions per month did you grow that company to? Uh, that was running around ten thousand impressions a month. Okay, so not horrible. Not terrible. Yeah, but, uh, 
wasn't really where I'd like it to be. That was after about five or six months. So then I, I closed that one down as well. Yeah, because I mean, you've got to get up to the millions of impressions per month to make anything meaningful via ads, right? Exactly. I mean, we were making realistically like three dollars. Yeah, and what? And, and tell me more about where you were in your life. So, so how old are you now? And were you, I mean, were these college projects or what? Yeah. Uh, so they were college projects. I'm 22 now. Um, so I was doing these when I was 18, 19, um, like my freshman year of college. And are you still in school now or did you drop out? Uh, I actually graduated in May. So I, I stuck it out. You're I, free. Uh, I ran, yeah, I'm free now. I ran cross country and track at my university. Um, so I was with like a, a really close group of guys that were, you know, my best friends at school. So that was something that helped me to, you know, stay in it and, and kind of stay in school. Mm-hmm. And what did you study? I started as computer science and then switched to be a marketing major. Okay. So I was going to say, did you, did you code this yourself and you're also doing all the marketing and sales? You're kind of a two, two punch guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, my knowledge of code is actually quite limited, even though I have done a lot with it, but, um, generally I try and get a more experienced coder on board to make sure everything's, you know, all ironed out. How'd you incentivize the coder for TrendPy? Are, are they equity holders or you just paid them a lot or what? Uh, for TrendPy, I got, you know, a little bit lucky because we had a great flow of clients coming in. So I was able to just pay them based off the revenue we had coming in. How much did you spend to b- kind of build the initial product? Uh, the initial product cost around 36000 To build? Yeah, you know. And how long? That was uh, about four or five months. But, you know, before that, I paid, you know, I hired an online developer remotely. Um, and paid him $12,000, $12,500 to build this. And he basically just ran with the money. Um, so that was like, what Victor dude, I was like 19 year old me his first uh, big mistake. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot from that. Was that like all your money? I mean, where'd you get 16? I mean, you're a young guy. Where'd you get 16 grand to just spend on something like this? Yeah. So I was an influencer on vine. I had over 1.4 million followers. So I would get paid, you know, anywhere from three to $5,000 to post a video on my vine channel. And I essentially used all of the money I made from vine uh, I quit Vine. I just kind of stopped posting one day because I wasn't really feeling it. And I used all that money that I made to fund all these other other businesses. What well, I know it's dead now, so it doesn't really matter. But like, and no offense, but like, why were you so big on Vine? What what made you get so many views? Um, I think I was just very different. You know, a lot of Vine was like musicians and comedians and all that. And my channel was called Quick Life Hacks. Okay. Uh, the first video I posted was myself removing a yolk from an egg using a water bottle. Um, and that got over 350,000 likes and over a quarter million shares and grew my account in five days to 25,000 followers. What is the secret? So, so like interesting, right? Like interesting piece of content, but like there's a way about like what you did in the first three seconds, the thumb, I don't know if it's a thumbnail or the text attached to the video. I mean, you strategically did stuff there that made that work. Name some of those tactics for me. I mean, I would say I did strategic things after that video. Uh, that was one I just posted and forgot about the account for like a week. And my friend texted me and was like, hey, man, you should like, post another video. I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, you have 25,000 followers. So that was kind of like the light bulb moment. Uh, and I just kind of went with it. And after that, you know, I started using hashtags, more targeted hashtags, really trying to focus in on, you know, the trends that were going on through the year. So, you know, during like the holidays, I would create like holiday based life hacks or when summer started, you know, beach life hacks and stuff like that. So I really tried to capitalize on, you know, what I thought people were caring about at the moment. And then what did you just put your email and your bio on the site and people would reach out to you and offer to pay you to do like branded vines? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny. Everyone on Vine, a lot of the parody accounts and influencers on Vine at the time used uh, Kick as the primary form of communication. So it was, it was Kick in the email. Yep. Yep. No, that makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let's fast forward again to TrendPie. So how many influencers are on the platform? 
Uh, right now, our our reach is over 250 million followers. Um, and wait, let me change my question, Victor. Let me change my question. How many influencers have you paid at least ten dollars? Um, probably close to a thousand. Okay. Okay. So fairly significant. Um, and why do they choose to use you versus, I mean, there's a lot of companies that play in this space. Why do they go through you versus other guys? Um, we started just by paying out people the night before the campaign started. Uh, and I think that was kind of a very differentiating factor. Uh, when we started, there was a lot of like turmoil with a lot of influencers because there was a couple influencer marketing companies who kind of went bankrupt fell off the face of the earth and ended up name two of them. Uh, one was teens digest and the other one, uh, I think it was, it was my likes. Uh, they're still around, but they ended up basically just cutting people's earnings in half. Uh, one of the, the, the first company I mentioned just kind of fell off the face of the earth and didn't pay any of the influencers for the month. So that was kind of a massive hit to the community where, you know, some kids were working on a project for a month would have $10,000 stored up, you know, ready to be paid out. And then the company just said, you know, we're not paying anyone out. Jeez. Okay. So, I mean, that makes good sense. Um, It sounds like you just have to do what you say you're going to do and you differentiate yourself in the space just by making sure you get people paid on time. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the initial thing. Um, It wasn't really that common. You know, there were a couple people doing it, but we paid, you know, relatively every day uh, for campaigns. And this was, you know, before the campaign ever started. So it was a lot of risk on our end, but ended up working out. So in 2015, what was the total amount of kind of campaign spend you processed? Uh, in 2015, I think it was 330,000. Okay. And then fast forward now, 2016, what'd you do then? 2016 was, um, like two to three X that. Okay, good. So, okay. That's really good growth. So call it 900 K. And then what do you think you'll break this year? Um, I actually, you know, have really no idea. You know, we're obviously looking to be over a million. Um, have you already passed a million like today? You have three or four months left in the year. Um, I, I haven't tallied it up. Uh, usually our accountant kind of sends me the report. A couple Wait, come on, Victor. I don't believe you for two seconds. You're a college athlete. You're competitive as hell and you don't, you're not counting your, you're not looking at your revenue report every freaking morning. I don't believe you. No, I'm a little, somewhat superstitious about it. Cause I always feel as whenever we're doing really well, something always goes, always, always goes downhill after you're never doing well for too long. So I, you know, I figure if we don't look at it, we kind of just let it sit, you know, maybe it'll just coast. Got it. So it sounds like though, if you're looking, if you you throw out a million number, it sounds like you'll be about flat this year. I mean, have you hit why, what has made it so hard to three X again year over year besides just the law of large numbers? Yeah. I mean, besides that, I mean, it's tricky with, uh, with a clientele we're going after. So we work with a lot of small app developers, a lot of big ones as well, but you know, we do want to still work with small apps and their budgets are obviously super limited. Um, so that's kind of inhibiting the growth when they do take up inventory and all of that. Um, but, you know, I think we are past our, like this time last year, we're ahead of where we were. Um, but, you know, I, you know, to that point, I remember last year specifically, we had like our best week ever. You know, I, I think it was like 45K or something like that. And then literally after I checked that the next day, I got a, a call from one of our clients saying all their apps had just been pulled from the app store. And I was like almost, you know, two thirds of what we got the past week. So I was like... All right, I'm never going to check again. Just that. <laughs> we'll just get the monthly reports and, and show that. Do they legally have the ability to claw back money they've already committed to you? Uh, no. So since we did it campaign by campaign basis, we were just, you know, totally on par. 
Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay. At nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14 day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45 day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever. So go get it now. Nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. So like, let's go back to 2016, since that's your last kind of full year on that 900K, obviously the majority of your expense there is going to go to paying the actual influencers of that 900K. What, what were you able to take to your bottom line? Yeah. I mean, typically we take between a 20 and 30% margin, um, on our campaigns. So call it 150 grand to the bottom line last year, something like that around there. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it, a lot of, so if we would run one or two campaigns with an app, we essentially lose money because we're only taking, you know, 20% on that. And a lot of that goes into content creation, you know, managing the influencers, spending all the time doing those upfront things. So we realistically don't make money until kind of that third campaign. Ongoing. Exactly. So we kind of go for, you know, the long game rather than just make a couple hundred bucks in the first campaign. Last year, how many brands total did you work with? Um, I want to say it was probably like 75. Okay. Wow. Okay. Pretty significant. So again, about a thousand influencers, you've paid at least 10 bucks last year, 900 grand top line, about 20% to the bottom line, about 150 K. And you worked, did that across about 75 clients. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, I I know right now we've worked with, we just hit over 150 different clients that we've worked. That's great. How many of those 150 clients have worked with you at least uh, twice on two different campaigns? Um, I'd say 50%. Okay. So pretty healthy. And what's your team look like you and who else? Yeah. So we were remote when I was at university. Everyone was remote. Uh, Now we just got an office in Rhode Island. So we're trying to start bringing people in here. Um, Right now it's, you know, the day-to-day people are myself, uh, Ryan, who does a lot of our campaign management. He's full-time. Yeah. Yeah. And Alexandra, she's actually a a student right now still, but she's also our most crucial member. She does all the influencer relations. So she's the head of our influencer department. And she really sets up the campaigns and manages all of them. And then we have, you know, the whole attorneys, accountants. We also have four interns that are going to be working for us. So, so it sounds like know, three to... plus you full time, plus legal and accounting, plus four interns. And then development. Yeah. How many are on development on the development team? Uh, one person on the dev team. Okay. So five full time, three, then you, then one developer. Correct. Got it. That's great. Now, have you, is this something, uh, I, I assume you've bootstrapped this, right? Or have you raised capital? Uh, no, it's, it's all been done off revenue so far. Yeah. Do, do I mean, are you, would you ever consider raising capital? And if so, how would you think about doing that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've thought about it for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, raise at the right time. I think that's like massively important. So, you know, raise when you don't need to raise money, get the, you know, most premium valuation, and then, you know, there's the whole debate. Do you take smart money and kind of try and leverage that? Or do you take kind of the, the dumb money and just kind of do your own thing? So, 
you know, I've been thinking about all that, trying to figure it out. But I'd send an email blast to all 1,000 of your influencers and say, we're about to raise a million dollars of funding. I love you guys. You make the business work. So I want to let you guys in. If you want to write a $10,000 check, reply back before Friday, let me know. And I bet you, you get 400, 500 grand. Boom. Just like that. That'd be interesting. It'd be a fairly interesting strategy. Buffer did that strategy and it worked really well because all those people then become natural marketers for the product. Like they're yeah, yeah. they're probably willing to have you pay them less per campaign because they now have equity in the company. So your margins go up. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Good stuff, man. All right. Uh, hey, Victor, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Angel. Definitely. Uh, That's pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. You got it back there. I'm going to say I literally just finished reading it and I forget what the spine looked like, but yeah, Jason, Jason Calcianus. It was a good one. Yeah. I always say his name wrong. Really enjoyed that book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Ooh, there's, there's a lot. Obviously, you know, the favorite's probably Elon Musk right now. Um, Name one in your industry, one that's not mainstream. One that's not mainstream? Uh, Stephen Bartlett, CEO of The Social Chain. Um, he produces some really good content, really good insight onto kind of what their company is doing and just kind of his life. It's pretty cool stuff. He does daily vlogging. Hmm. Number three, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, I'd have to say, besides Twitter... I'm a massive Twitter fan. Uh, Spark, an email app. Um, very helpful. Number four, uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Not as many as I should. I travel a lot and that kind of cuts into you know the sleeping time if I have a red eye or early flight. So Is this just meeting, trying to get influencers on your platform? Yeah, meetings, influencers, clients, conferences, you know, that whole thing. Yep. Uh, how would you say that? I mean, average five, six? Average probably six. Okay. And you said you're 22 right now? Correct. And what's kind of the rest of your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? I do not have kids, thankfully. <laughs> Are you married? I'm not married. All right, no kids, not married. And and uh, okay, so last question here, Victor. Take us back just two years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, this was right around the time where I was starting to hire the first people. So take everything with a grain of salt and kind of uh, form your own opinions. You know, I had a big problem where if someone would refer me someone, I would just kind of take everything they said as, as kind of canon. And I didn't really... Uh, formulate my own opinions as quickly as I should have. There he is. How about Victor from Trend Pie? He tried a few things and struck out a bunch early in his college years. The best time to take big risks later on, he founded Trend Pie. That was in 2015. Did about 330 grand that year, helping brands connect with influencers to share their applications. This 95% of his customers are consumer-related applications. His first client was a, a, a app called Drunk Mode. 2016, passed 900 grand in sales, took about 150 grand to the bottom line. That's 20%, working with over 75 clients, hoping to break the million dollar mark here in 2017 with his full-time staff of five people and his four interns. Victor, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.